Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So. Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Just Play Podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play. What up, what up? We are missing Pops this week. He's out in Colorado doing who knows what, watching Peter Frampton, but... We got Hannah joining us. It's me, LJ, and Hannah. What's going on, guys? Hello. Oh, you know, just kicking it. Just kicking it. We we it instantly gets better as soon as we add Hannah to the pot. Right. And then I, I don't want to say anything about Dad, but I think we got a pretty good three going here. So, <laughs> and this is a, it's a big it's a big week coming up. We've made it through the final weekend without football. Wow. After this, we won't have another weekend without football until like February eighth of twenty twenty. Yeah, I hear there's a game so, tomorrow. Even there is a game. I think is are, aren't the Broncos? Yeah, they might be playing the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then uh, the next day, uh, Pat Bolin and Champ Bailey make it into the Hall of Fame. So it's a big weekend for Broncos fans. Pretty pretty big weekend. Yeah. Does Champ Bailey? I mean, he goes in with the Bronco jersey, right? Not yeah. not a Redskin. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I remember that was the first. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize we would start the pod talking about <laughs> Champ Bailey Come and Clinton Portis, but that was the first big trade I think that I remember. Like, yeah, Champ for like, Portis. I watching ESPN, yeah. I was like, whoa, Champ and Portis. And yeah. I, I, it was just, I mean, that's still, I, that still felt like a real big blockbuster player for player trade. Where I mean, normally it's like picks. Tell for me, players. I mean, to date, that's still one of the biggest trades of all time, right? Of a player for yeah, player. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of times, like you get like the Amari Cooper trades every now and then, and the Randy Moss trade to the Patriots. It's usually it seems like it's picks. Yeah, exactly. And that was a big where it was just like one of the top running backs named because Clinton Bortis at that point was on fire. Oh, yeah. He had that crazy game where he ran for like six touchdowns, six touchdowns and put yeah. the WWE belt on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then so that was a huge trade, and both it really worked out. I would say it probably worked out better for the Broncos, considering Champ was probably the top corner. But Clinton Portis was really good at the Redskins. I mean, he held that team together for a little while. They had nothing else really going for him. So, um, yeah, no, that was. I agree, that was a good trade for both sides, which is rare for a player for player trade too. Yeah, it's clearly uh, just a quick thought I had. It's clearly a slow sports week as we're waiting for football to start, (laughs) though, because literally for like four days now. The top headline has been, is LeBron James a good dad? And, <laughs> oh, no. And, oh, and it's no. because it's all stemming from, I don't know if you've seen the video yet, but it's all stemming from, he was at one of his, his son, LeBron James Jr., Bronny James. Right. He was at his son's AAU game, and his son's like 15, 14 or 15, still pretty young, but dunks in game. Like it was a big yeah. dunk for, I think it was the first time he actually dunked in game. Right, right. And it was kind of a game ceiling dunk. And LeBron like kind of lost it and was on, stepped on the court a little bit, but was super pumped for his kid and, and all this stuff. And then apparently before the game, LeBron kind of got in the layup line and, and dunked it a few times. And now people are like, oh, he's being a diva and taken away from the spotlight because he's 
happy to see his yeah, son that's, dumb. Uh, oh I don't know. That's a dumb argument, first yeah. off. But second off, yeah, you're exactly right. The the idea of covering the story at all is like sports it was, media gone mad. It was funny over the weekend. I want to say maybe I think it happened maybe Saturday, and it was it, it got big on Twitter, and it was more like people cracking jokes and having fun with it. Like look at how lo- excited LeBron is, and then. Like, I think LeBron lost a shoe. And it was more like Twitter had fun with it. Right. And then, of course, Monday morning, the hot takes came out. And I, like, Jason Whitlock was like, he's addicted to fame. <laughs> oh and then some God. of the other guys were saying sure. he's a bad dad. And it's like, he's at, <laughs> there's a lot of kids that don't even have a dad at the AAU game. And LeBron's out there right. like, celebrating with his son. And is yeah. just that pumped to see his son dunk. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Slow week. And then, but did you see? The week I, I I can't get more excited than this. Apparently, John Gruden. Oh God, making a headline. Oh God. He said that that Nate Peterman guy <laughs> is really starting to starting to turn on him. He really likes what he's seen from old Nathan Peterman. I love it. The goat, I love it. The Bill Goat. <laughs> could could we see? I, could we see a Nathan Peterman sighting at some point this year? Oh, Th- that would be fantastic. I mean, that's that would be the best thing that's ever happened uh, to the Raiders, in my opinion. Uh, I just and then as soon as we see Nathan Peterman come in and he throws an interception within the first pass, probably first or second, sure. and somehow can get back because he needs to. He does need to throw a pick, I think, to get back to the the lowest QB rating of all time. Yeah. So we do actually need to see him. And then as, if the camera would automatically have to pan straight over to Antonio Brown yeah. and that blonde mustache yep. or yep. whatever Mr. Big Chess is wearing at the time. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and then John Gruden would trade uh Derek Carr away f- uh, to the bears for picks. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> as, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw the headline that Tom, John Gruden says, Nathan Peterman's growing on him. I I just got so excited yeah. for Hard Knocks. Oh, I know. This I was like, oh, this has season. to be a, a, a scene. Oh, my God. This is going to be a good season. But, yeah, so every team now has uh, entered into NFL training camp. We got some games kicking off, like you said, the Hall of Fame games this week. And then with, I think the weekend starts riling up games. So I, I kind of wanted to just start off asking you guys, training camp always brings a lot of different storylines, whether it's this guy's coming back ready to – this guy's going to turn his career around this year. Or he's coming back in the best shape of his life or new coach is putting in a new scheme, whatever it may be. Guy holding out. We will get into Zeke probably at some point. But I wanted to ask you guys, in your opinion, is this an optimistic time for an NFL team, like a fan, or 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 is this kind of a, a scary time? I'll start with you, Hannah. Um, I mean, well, for for the 49ers, it's really optimistic right now. Um, because, right. yeah. So, I mean – but most of the time, training camp just makes me depressed. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it had it, it had been well. I guess you had the Jim Harbaugh run there, but the 49ers have had some rough years, yeah. and so it's kind of yes. like, oh, here we yeah. go again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm cautiously optimistic right now. Well, I mean, yeah, it does seem like an exciting time. Last year, I felt like the 49ers were everyone's kind of darling picks, and then. Mm-hmm. Garoppolo got hurt so early yeah. it was yeah. just kind of heartbreaking. And then yeah, the, was what was it? Was it McKinnon that yep. towards ACL yep. in the preseason? I mean, yep. it just yeah. seemed like more bad news after bad news yeah. kept coming. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. But we're I'll tell you what, better now. I'm excited for your boy. I'm excited for Kittle. Yeah. Me I can't too. Wait to see Kittle oh with Jimmy gosh. Garoppolo. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm so pumped. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely so, one to watch. So an optimistic time for for Niners fans. What do you, what about a, a, a Bronco fan over there? Do we know who's at quarterback, or are we excited? Well, I would say uh, as a general rule for a Bronco fan, uh, it's it's a pretend optimistic time where I have to pretend like I 
know why this quarterback that I had never heard of last week is going to be the best in the NFL. <laughs> um, but I think like I've got realistic expectations this year that uh, Flacco is not the best quarterback of all time, but he's a good enough quarterback to get a few wins. Um, so I, I think I think it's an optimistic time as a Bronco fan this year um, in a way that it hasn't really been in a few years. But it's also like a it's it's just a curious time because we get to. You know, we're going to start seeing like what Fangio does with this defense that still hasn't really made any improvements in secondary or linebacker from last year. And so, you know, will they be able to cover a running back or a tight end or a Kittle? Um, and uh, and so we're going to start seeing those questions answered, I think, pretty soon, which is like exciting, but also nerve wracking, you know, in a sense. Uh, yeah, I think in general, probably this week is is a really is a mostly optimistic. Like you're kind of thinking, yeah. You know, like like if you're a Packer fan, you're thinking, okay, last year was rough, but we got a new head coach, new offense, right, right. Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy, yada, 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 whatever. And it's always, you know, this quarterback's really, really clicking with this new coach or whatever. But then, like, literally, I think a week, when we are our next episode, it's going to be overreaction time. We'll see a yeah. guy come in for one series or something. And he'll th- go 0 for 4. And now we're like, is Ben Roethlisberger done? Right. Is it time to <laughs> right. retire? Right. Oh, yeah. Were the Jets were the Jets dumb in signing Le'Veon Bell? Like, you know, you're going <laughs> right. to get the overreaction right. takes as soon, like within a week. <laughs> is Nathan so. Peterman the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> of all time. <laughs> well, and OK, but to throw the, the, the goat overreaction, too, I'm sure if Mahomes plays even six snaps in their first preseason game, he's going to be either shat on or loved, no matter what well, happens. Well, I could... Yeah, I can already hear uh, Patrick Mahomes throws for he goes four for four with the touchdown or something, yeah. and I can already hear Uncle Tony going, "Can we go ahead, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes for a career?" Can't, the debate's out there, you know. But yeah, I, I probably though, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and this could just be the Cowboy fan coming out, but is the biggest storyline I think right now still is it Zeke versus the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's either that or it's uh, uh, what's going on with Tyreek Hill. Um, but they've already kind of answered that question and nothing. Really yeah, to I feel be said like we kind of know the an- whether, whether you like the answer or not. I think we kind of yeah, so, know the answer. He's going to play and probably be really good. I mean, it's but. up there. I think it depends on like if, if you're a cowboy hater, which a lot of people are, then this is obviously huge news. And if you're a cowboy lover, which a lot of people are, this is obviously huge news. If you're in the middle, then I think you might be looking at like what's Le'Veon Bell going to do? What's Antonio Brown going to do? Because those are two big pieces that moved this year. Um, but yeah, I guess, I'm with you. I think the Cowboy story is probably the biggest one right now. There's a, there's another one in the AFC West where Melvin Gordon's also yeah. holding out. That's not as big, for his big deal. So is it just not as big because it's not the Cowboys and the Cowboys kind of just move the needle? A little yeah. More? Oh, I mean, it's it's also because it's the Chargers and the Chargers can't move the needle no matter. I mean, yeah. I think they've got an all time great quarterback uh, and nobody gives them his due. So, yeah, um, yeah I, the Chargers can't move the needle it, like they could have. Uh, anything happen in training camp and we'd be like, well, but like down the road, Dallas is, is practicing, right? Let's go watch that instead. So, yeah. So Zeke right now is, is instead of being in training camp, he's out in Cabo, which I don't know if you remember the last time a Cowboy player was in Cabo when the team was practicing was when Tony Romo went with <laughs> Jessica Simpson before the first playoff game against the Giants. So already getting a bad feeling about this. Oh boy. But, <laughs> We, we've killed the argument. We ran to the ground, I think. And it's kind of the, the big argument now is, is the value of running back. And we don't have to get into that because we've kind of done this, been there, done that. But uh, I'll start with you, Hannah. Do you, should the Cowboys pay Zeke? Should they hold out on Zeke? What do you think? I mean, either way, they need to make a decision. But I think um, because leaving him in limbo is just not 
fair. Yeah, it's not good for everybody. Yeah, it's not, it's good, not good for, for anyone. Him or the team. Yeah, it's not good for anyone. Um, but I would probably pay him. Give him that money. I mean, yeah. Well, I would. it seems like a pretty important part to the. T- it's funny yeah. now. As soon as he goes, as soon as he's out now, you have the people on every side, and like you can go either way. I think the argument's funny. You can say, "Well, Zeke's good because that defense is really good, and it lets him oh, wear down the wear down the defense, and or, or Dak's uh, read option and, and the legs kind of help Zeke out, or that offense line." But then, to that same notion, you if you're on the other side, you can say, "Well, the defense was good last year because." Zeke's winning time of possession yeah. and they're running, so they're they're fresh legs. Yeah, I think the argument it's really interesting to me because I, I can I think you can argue both sides really strongly. Mm-hmm. LJ, what do you? Well, I feel like you're usually skeptical of paying the running back. What what do you think? Well, I'm actually okay. So so my first uh, reaction is to I saw Jerry Jones said what like three days ago something that you don't need a, a rushing title to win the Super Bowl. Right, you don't need to have he, he he came out and said you don't need to have the rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, you don't and he even I think said you don't have to have an Emmitt Smith anymore. You don't have to have Ezekiel Elliott. Well, so which is like, "Whoa, you're taking a shot." To that, yeah, uh they've won uh three Super Bowls under his tenure and all three Super Bowls they had the rushing champion, but you did mention that yeah, it's a different era. But also, I think every time they've made the playoffs since then, they've had the rushing champion. And yeah. also, I believe that uh, I think it's like seven of the last eight teams to have the rushing champion made the playoffs. So it does seem to help quite a bit to have the rushing champion on your team. But um, the other thing, though, is I really think in this particular case, I don't think he's actually going to hold out. I think that he's playing a, a long con strategy game. And I think while they're trying to figure out how much to pay some of the players that they've got to figure out how much to pay right now, when they don't actually have to make this negotiation with Zeke for two years, He's saying, hey, don't forget, you got a big contract you got to deal with later. He's saying, well, you're trying to figure out what Dak's worth. Don't forget about me. That's that's interesting because like in the Melvin Gordon case, he's got one year left on his deal right, right. now. So he could be he could have maybe watched the, the Le'Veon Bell thing play out and said, well, I can lose some money, but at least I'll be fresh and maybe sign a, yeah. a $50 million deal. Whereas Zeke still has two years on his deal. He, they, they got Zeke has still hasn't signed a big deal yet. So if he were to hold out two full years and get fined every single week right. for it, because the Cowboys can find him, I think we're not showing up. Right. I think you're right. He's not sitting out for two whole years, and that's an interesting play by him if it is the long play because the Cowboys have a lot of big contracts. Kind of as you yeah. alluded, not only have we like we've talked about. I don't know what you do with Dak, but there's a contract coming up, and he is a young quarterback that's yeah. got them to the playoffs, so he has a, a good bargaining chip. And then Amari Cooper, you just traded a lot for him, so you kind of want to pay him. Yeah. And then on the defensive side of the ball, we've already watched Byron Jones has become one of the uh, better cornerbacks in the league. Jalen Smith has been looks like he's the linebacker they hoped for. Yep. There, there's a lot. There's a lot they're going to have to pay at some point on this team. And I think you're right. This might be Zeke's way of going. Just make sure you know where your priorities are. Right. Because I think Zeke feels like he's a top one, which I understand. It does seem like it could finally be the death of the running back if 76-year-old Jerry Jones, who has never wanted to come with the times, <laughs> has decided that he's he's moving on yeah. from a running game. Right, right, right. But uh, those comments really uh, kind of confuse me because if that's how you feel and you don't need the rushing champion – to win a Super Bowl, and you don't have to pay the running back, why do you take Ezekiel Elliott at the number four hey, pick? That's a great question. And yeah. I do think, and I think that, that that kind of shows how much he's actually wrong about this. I think running backs are a lot more important than we pretend they are lately. Like, 
I've been kind of on the side of like the running backs, not the person to go with. But the more I think about it, the more I think like the the most effective play in the NFL right now is not, uh, you know, run four wides and play a spread offense. It's play action pass, which right. to make a play action pass work, you've got to have a strong run game. You got to at least have them fear that you might run. Yeah, it. yeah. right. So um, so I, I think it really does matter having a great running back, even if that great running back isn't getting, you know, DeMarco Murray carries or anything like that. It, it still matters. It's a big deal. It just seems silly to to go on that. Like when you draft Ezekiel at fourth, the best case scenario is he becomes the best running back in the NFL right. really good. And that and if that's the case, now he's going to be 25, 26 years old and up for a new contract. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if, if what you saw was the best running back in the NFL in four years, then you should have assumed he's going to have to get paid like the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. And if you thought – well, we don't. We won't pay a running back. We don't value that position, so we're not going to pay him like that. Then you should have just not drafted him in the first place yeah. and went with the defensive end or went with the corner or whatever. You know. Well, and I think we're about to find out. I think like um, if if Melvin Gordon holds out and if potentially Zeke holds out, and then Le'Veon Bell comes out and has a great year, whereas the 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 Steelers suffer for it. I think like that might be an indication that the running back is really important. But if all of these things happen. And it seems like nothing happened, like nothing changed. Then I think we're going the other way. We're saying, oh, okay, never pay a running back. Like, I think, yeah, I think we might. This could be, I think you're right. This could be a huge year for that because if, if Melvin Gordon holds out and Austin Eckler steps right in yep. and is great. And if Zeke holds out and Alfred Morris and a young running back step in and that offense doesn't seem to skip that much of a beat, right. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, especially, okay. I mean, because the thing we saw last year, I, some of the most effective running backs were people we didn't even know who they were at this time last year, like Philip yeah. Lindsay, like Matt Breida. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell, a couple of years ago, Alvin Kamara, we really didn't yeah. know who that was, and mm-hmm. now he's one of the top guys. James yeah. Conner had a great year. Um, so I think, like, uh, we're going to find out. I mean, I think, like, we'll have two years of evidence under our belt if this, uh, if the elite running backs don't make it worth our time. Because then, you know, we could easily look at uh, – the Cowboys and say, oh, it's actually the offensive line. Or we can look at the uh, the Chargers and say, oh, it's actually the offensive line if it doesn't work out for him. You know, if Eckler comes right. out and just kills it. So I think we'll find out. Who knows? Um, but this will be the big year to see if you ever pay a, bi- a running back big money ever again. I do totally get uh, Ezekiel Elliott's side on possibly holding out with two years because, I mean, this feels identical to – like just go look back at the DeMarco Murray just a few years ago on the same team. Yeah. Where the Cowboys yeah. ran him into the ground, didn't pay him, and his career went like one more year at the Titans. Yep. And the NFL, as we've discussed, not guaranteed contracts, yep. and now he's out of the NFL and not getting that money. Yep. And the Cowboys got what they wanted out of him. They got a long playoff run, and they got a, the, a rushing title. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked out better for the organization than, than yeah. it did the running back. And that seems like it's how it often right. works. So Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. 100%. This could be the big year. I think you're right. This could be the year where – the running backs kind of make their point that, you know, it is pretty important to have a pretty good running back. Or this could be the year where NFL teams decide, oh, I guess we don't have to pay him. And the value is lower than we thought. You know, so. I've got another hot take, though, if you want to hear it Ooh, on running backs. I'm, I'm ready. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson is the reason running backs can't get paid. Uh, explain. Okay. So uh, I think the real thing might be, and I don't have stats to back this up, but the reason that a replacement running back is always – uh, so much better than you expect them to be is because I think that might be the biggest talent pool in the NFL right now. There, it, it may seem like the biggest talent pool could be in quarterbacks or receivers, but if you look back about 10 years ago when a lot of these players were trying to decide what position they would fit in best, 
you have players like Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson just owning the game of football. Yeah. So a lot of the best athletes, I think, decided, oh, well, I'll be a running back. And uh, and so we might have a little bit more talent in that position. And so then it seems like some scrub backup is just as good as Zeke when in reality that scrub backup might not have uh, might have been, you know, a top tier wide receiver if he would have trained differently throughout his career, you know, like. Yeah, I mean. I get that because it, when when LT was at the top of his game, yeah. one, it's probably the best running back I since I've been really watching. I mean, I've watched highlights and seen really good ones, but physically watch live games. Well, AP, but LT was right up there, and it was he looked yeah. cool doing it. He was fun. He was he caught. He threw passes. He ran. So if you were if you were a young guy and you really wanted to play football and you're really athletic, you kind of were like, oh, I want to go be that. I want to do right. that right there. And so, yeah, maybe it's not that the top running back's not value. It's just that maybe the difference between Mark Ingram and Kamara or or that number one and number two, they're just there's so many good running backs out there that you can find the backup. Yeah. Well, another thing to kind of back that up, too, is, you know, I didn't watch a lot of football in the 70s because I wasn't really around. But I feel like that early 2000s era was like maybe the one time in NFL history since, you know, like the Gale Sayers days or Jim Brown days where a running back was the reason you won games Um, because for the most part it was, you had a Dan Marino or, you know, Joe um, Montana, a Joe Montana, or now you have a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or something like that. But in 2000, having a Sean Alexander was enough to win, you know, nine games a year minimum. So So, is it, is it just a, is it just the way the peninsula swings where, We've talked about all these young guys might be deciding that they're Wait, going to be. What word was that? I, I, I realized I didn't know how to say it, so I just kind of sped through it. <laughs> Can you give it another try just for no, the No, because I honestly know. don't know at all. What was the word I was looking for? Pendulum. I, I think I said pen, peninsulum. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you said something I like I thought you were going with peninsula. Yeah, I did too. Um, I was like. <laughs> I realized right, as I started that I've only heard it and not said it. <laughs> so when the pendulum is swinging around, what, what what's your question? Well, <laughs> well, we talked about last week, and I don't know if it got cut out. We had some technical difficulties last week. We do apologize. But oh my we talked about that these young guys are now going to be choosing to play receiver instead of right. running back because the running right. back doesn't seem, you know, it seems like you get hurt and don't get paid. So here in seven to eight years – will the running back be super valuable because the position is going to be so depleted if you have one that's really good? I mean, I think there's a possibility. I think there's if you've got that one crazy person that decided to play running back against all other positions and happens to be a freak athlete, like that might be the most valuable player. That might be your Gronk, you know? Yeah, it's just the way the peninsula swings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Florida, back and forth. (laughs) Is there any any other uh, big, big training camp? Things like storylines going on here as we get ready to start preseason that's kind of caught y'all's eye? Well, I have a question uh, for you guys. Um, Who, what player on your team is like the first player off your board in fantasy? And what player uh, is going to be picked way too early and way overrated? Now, what player on our specific team is like what player on the Cowboys? I'm asking you about the Cowboys, her about the 49ers, and me about the Broncos. All right, Hannah, start with you, the 49ers. Okay. Um. So, which one? Who do you want to pick off the board first in your fantasy draft? Um, Kittle. Kittle. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. I would pick yeah. up Kittle first. Yeah. I was hoping um, I was the only one really like loving Kittle, and no, I think no. like it's it's a, yeah. I think it's a universe. Like, like yeah. I knew everyone liked him, but I was thinking Kittle could be awesome with yeah. Jimmy G, and yeah. I think yeah. like that I, that's a very 
common thought. Right. Oh, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. yeah. You're, not, you're not the first person to think that. <laughs> so who's a, who's a person on the 49ers then that is going to get drafted way too early that you're kind of like, well, maybe they should hold off on that guy. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I don't want to think this, but my gut is Garoppolo. Really? Yeah, my gut is Garoppolo okay. is not going to be as good as everyone's expecting. I think he's still going to be really good. I thought you were going to say Brita because of that crowded backfield. Um, no, I I have faith in Brita. You have faith in Brita, I love but not Garoppolo. No. Wow, interesting. I mean, I have faith in Garoppolo. Don't don't get me wrong. He's my boy, and I want him to do really well, and I hope he does really well. Interesting. But I feel like I just have a feeling that he's not going to do super well. Interesting. It was it was kind of interesting. I was wondering as we were having this conversation, and I saw I saw her brain working. Could is it possible that Kittle could be the answer for both? Because he's the guy you want the most. Yeah, but, but if gonna, we're all in agreement that he's awesome, yeah. what if he goes super early and you just yeah. you need to probably convince yourself? Don't don't let your heart get in there and pick him in the second yeah. round or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah no. I seriously I thought about that too, but I I don't know. I think he'd be worth to pick up and like. I think he's honestly worth first or second round. Pick. I, he's awesome. I, yeah. I, I I think, I don't know. We'll see. But I, yeah. I, my eyes on him, and I'm, I'm worried, especially after talking to you two. Yeah. I think there's a lot of eyes all over Kittle. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see, especially with Gronk out, who's going to be the next tight end that yeah. dominates. And, and yeah. Kittle's young. Shanahan likes the tight end. Jimmy G. Yep. We'll yes. see. Um, For the Cowboys, yeah. the player, the player, I guess everyone's probably a little scared about Zeke. You know, just Mm -hmm. right after what we saw with the whole Ezekiel Elliott. But I think I'm with you. I think Zeke's probably someone. uh, I think Amari Amari Cooper is going to go too early. I think after how he ended last season, I think people are going to be all on him for a wide receiver one. And he could possibly be. Those are the two Cowboys off the board first. There's no question about it. I think it goes Zeke and then another round Cooper. It's possible. It's possible. I think Zeke could actually be a really good value pick just because. People are scared of him, and if he plays, right, if he drops games. to the end of the, the end of the first round, I mean, he'd be hard to turn down, even if he does miss two games. But right, if he misses right. fifteen mm-hmm. games, we got a real problem. But actually, the player from the Cowboys, I think I'm interested in, and probably I would, I would probably eye towards is I think Dak Prescott. I, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the NFL by any stretch, but I think he gets drafted super low, and he always gets a bunch of rushing touchdowns. And we just mentioned the two skill players he has that are going to go really high. He's got some skill players to throw to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could just see him having, I don't think he'll be the number one quarterback, but it wouldn't shock me if he's four or five. Just it never throw. It never goes crazy, but he always ends up with 15, 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to go super late because everyone thinks he's overrated. So yeah, I would probably, I, uh, then again, Jason Witten's out there. Jason Witten's back, baby. Back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> LJ, what do you think? What about the Broncos? I mean, who do we have a Philip Lindsay again this year that could like win me in my draft? Well, so here's what I'm going to tell you. First off, is I think Philip Lindsay is the over uh, drafted player for the Probably. Broncos this year because I think obviously, just like you said, like you guys have both talked about, hype players uh, who haven't really gotten to show off more than uh, seasons worth of goods yet. Um, but also, I think Royce Freeman is looking good in camp right now. So I think they're going to legitimately last year when then yeah. Lindsay just completely took all the carries because he was so I think awesome. They're, I think they're mm-hmm. actually going to split carries this year, which was the plan last year. But Freeman wasn't quite ready for it. And uh, and I think he is this year, which I think means for me as a Broncos fan, Philip Lindsay's still going to be just as much my favorite player to watch on any given Sunday. But mm-hmm. a fantasy owner, I think, is going to be scared to have him because he's going to be that, uh, you know, could be 20 point game, could be three point game just because the usage is going to be split up and he's that big, yeah. big playback. Um, so I'm, I am a little worried about 
picking him too early. Like I'm going to try not to pick him too early. And I can see him going early because, like, like you said, one, he was great last year, fun to watch, and also his story was so cool. You rooted for him, so everyone yeah. loves to have a fantasy guy that's good, and also you enjoy rooting for him. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that's going to rise his stock, whether or not it's uh, going to matter, is uh, they they were looking at the Broncos were looking at hiring three head coaches. And uh, one of them happened to be the guy that they ended up hiring to be their offensive line coach. So like he was high on their list to coach the entire team. And he was like, no, I want to be there. I want to coach offensive line. Um, And so I think that bodes well for their run game being unstoppable. But I still think that the splits are not going to make Philip Lindsay a much better pick than he was last year. Oh, well. Last year he was. If you picked him, you were a little bit crazy, which I was a little bit crazy. But uh, so, so then, so then, who is the guy this year? Because last year, right, like like you just mentioned, you were on with Philip Lindsay. You kind yeah. of said, "I like this Philip yeah. Lindsay guy," and then he blew up. So, is there a guy this year on the Broncos you're kind of excited about? Well, this might be a little bit of uh, drinking the Kool Aid, but I am honestly, no. yeah, I wouldn't do it uh, because <laughs> I got to be unbiased for the podcast. But uh, Noah Fant. Uh, the tight end they drafted this last year. Okay, yeah. I think he is going to have an unbelievable year because Flacco loves his tight ends. That this run game is going to be strong. And the offense that uh, I can't remember the coordinator's name, but the one he likes to run um, is is based upon play action, hit the tight end in space because the tight end had to get separation. Uh, the tight end got separation from the linebackers. And so I think Fant's going to have he's, – he's the biggest athlete that they've gotten a tight end since Julius Thomas – so I think he's going to have a massive year this year. And then he's also, I think Cortland Sutton is as good as advertised and Emmanuel Sanders is still a hell of a receiver. So I think having all of these elements is going to make the tight end be able to just kind of walk through the middle and catch anything he wants. And then he'll get some yards after the catch. So I think yeah. we're looking at well, a Broncos do the, Kittle. Do the Broncos still have uh Jake Butt from Michigan who seems like he's gotten hurt? Like, yeah, I think they do. And I, and I, and I think he's, yeah, I think he's, not uh he's not favorited to win the position this year. Um there are about four tight ends that are really fighting for two starting spots. Um but Fant's pretty much got one locked down and Butts fighting for number two. So you you know you start throwing out Broncos skill position players and we were talking about is this an optimistic time or not? If if and this might be a big one if Joe Flacco ever can, if he can read get back to those days where he carried the Ravens to a Super Bowl, yeah, there are there are some guys around them. Yeah, that but that are danger is I'm I'm so worried about the middle linebacking in yeah. uh, in Denver this year. There's there's really there, I like Josie Jewell, um, but I don't think he's an every down kind of guy. With the boom on offensive coordinators going like crazy because everyone wants that next Sean McVay. I think the Broncos did get probably the best defensive mind in football. So yeah. there is that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I just, I, I'm, I'm worried about the personnel. I don't think they have personnel wise what the bears had last year. Um, and then we also, yeah. you know, we, we lost, uh, you know, safeties and a keep to um, who helped out a lot in letting the linebackers just play pure linebacker. But, um, now, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. That's where the optimism, the cautious optimism is the offense you. is kind of unbridled optimism. Like I, this is the best looking offense we've seen in Denver for years. Um, you know, since Peyton Manning's great Tim year. Tim Tebow days. Oh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since uh, since Tim Tebow <laughs> took over for whatever, eight games and lost none. Um, well, you know, it is a new season. You know, we talked, you got A.B. on the Raiders, Le'Veon Bell on the Jets, Odell Beckham in Cleveland. We didn't even talk about Cleveland. But uh, the one oh, thing God, that yeah, hasn't dangerous. changed is where you put down the money. And this year, my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. They have better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, bar none. 
And actually, they're this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. Uh oh. First place is guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand, and it only costs one hundred dollars to enter. I know one hundred sounds like kind of a lot, but it's interesting. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. And if you're gonna jump on my bookie and you're gonna put put it in, hit the promo code JPP for Just Press Play and let them know who sent you because you know we want we want them to know that it was a listener of the JPP on there. Yes, and, sir. And check out the, this this um. The handicapping super contest is really cool the way they're doing it, and 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 my bookie in general. It's it's the it's the service I would I would recommend to any of our listeners. It's fun. They have a lot of different things, like we said, fantasy. You can pick an over under on fantasy points. Like that's what the handicap thing is. Spreads not just like a, a spread in the game. You can choose five different. Jimmy Garoppolo will score over sixteen points, or yeah. Odell Beckham will score over ten points. Whatever it is, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Check out my bookie. It's M Y B O O K I E dot A G and put in the promo code JPP. You bet, you win, you get paid all over at my bookie. Love it. Did you guys, speaking of sports, did you guys see uh, Dish Network kind of might have taken the next big stance on the way sports is watched? Did you guys see any of this? No. No. No, nothing. So right now, if you're one of the roughly 10 million Dish Network subscribers, you've lost access to all of Fox Sports Regional Network. So that would be like the Fox Sports Southwest that the Mavericks and Rangers play on, Fox Sports Ohio, there's Fox Sports Arizona. There's some in various areas, and it's it's 22 different regional networks, which were sold to uh, Disney and then sold to Sinclair. But the they, they broadcast local telecast of 14 MLB teams, 17 NBA teams and 13 NHL teams. So it's kind of a huh. where a local fan as a Cowboy fan or a Dallas fan, you they they pretty much show like all the stars and all the Mavericks games. Sometimes not the road ones, but not the ones that aren't televised nationally. So I have a question, Kev, then, yeah. uh, because I haven't we haven't had any sort of cable or dish for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um does Fox like can I get in Chicago Fox Sports Southwest or do I have to get like Fox Sports Chicago. Well, there's so if you have DirecTV or or Dish, because not every there's not a Fox Sports everything. Because like right. the Yankees, whatever you know, they have the Yes Network that does a right. One well, I know Chicago, I think has like TSN Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. Like right. That. So there's different ones for each, but usually yes. Like if you if y'all were big Chicago fans and y'all moved down here and y'all wanted to get TSN, if you have DirecTV or Dish or cable, whatever you have, you can usually pay the higher prep package okay, and get okay. all the sports channels. All the regionals, sure. But if you live locally, you usually get the local channels. Okay. So, like, actually, Fox Sports Southwest will show some Cowboys games. And now, even since I'm still in the area, I'm in a really interesting spot because I get there's like a Fox Sport, I forget what it's called, Zach, but there's an Oklahoma one and a Dallas one. So, I was able to watch like all, like all the Thunder and Mavericks games, which were kidding me. That's pretty cool. But, yeah. But so. For years, these networks have been huge for the franchise values because all these huge, big TV rights deals that we've talked about in yeah. the past couple of weeks, which it, that, that's been what's kind of caused the rapid rise in players' salary. But the thing that's interesting to me and, and kind of what Dish, I think, is doing is everyone pays for every channel as part of their bundle. Like whatever you have, if you're Dish, you pay for a bundle and you get all you pay for each individual channel you get, whether you watch it or not. Yeah. And whether you watch sports or not, you're you're paying for those. And sports kind of have the higher number. Like it, it costs more to get sports than it does maybe for Lifetime. And you don't realize that because your bundle isn't itemized. It doesn't show, sure. you know, you're paying 
seven bucks for ESPN, two bucks for USA, three bucks. Okay. I, I don't know what it costs for each sure. one, but sports are usually higher because Dish has to pay so much to have those sports ones because hmm. Fox Sports also pays those teams so much to to have the rights for them. Right. So they need yeah. to get more out of it. Yeah, yeah. So the way it's kind of worked is for a sports fan like me. There's there's probably more people that that have Dish Network and don't actually watch this FSN, but since FSN's on or this Fox Sports Southwest, since all these are on all the different uh like all the subscribers are paying for it, I get it for super cheap because you're paying for it and not ever watching it. Right. Hmm. And okay. so what Dish is deciding is by by cutting these out, they're saying there's not an, they basically told sports fans if you want to go get the Fox Sports channels, go figure out how to stream them yourself. Go go get your because I think Hulu has something you can do it. There's different yeah. streamers that you can pay extra and get these channels. YouTube TV or like Slam yeah. TV or. And so Dish, I think Dish is kind of playing a game now, and they're going to see how many people. Because by cutting these all out, they can probably drop their monthly cost because yeah. now they're not paying for all these sports channels, which cost them a bunch of money. So they're going to say, "We'll see how many." Because a lot of these people that I think they're saying they've already cut the cord. So yeah. the people that are still with us, they would rather just have a, a, a cheaper monthly pay, a monthly cost. So yeah. they're kind of taking the and if, if if sports fans don't all leave Dish Network and Dish Network still has good numbers, then you're going to see I think a lot of other companies. And where it'll get interesting is how it'll affect ESPN because right now by a lot of people's and this is what I was getting off an article, ESPN alone probably if you look if if they itemize it, it's probably costing you seven dollars a month on, on your different providers. Okay, but that's because you know it's part of that big bundle. Whereas if it cuts off and now you just have to get ESPN alone. It's going to start costing them more. It's just a big interesting thing where if what Dish does works out, then I think all of the big cable providers are going to cut sports out because sports just cost a ton. And it's it, if I, it caught my eye because literally the only reason I still have a cable provider is to watch live sports. It's to yeah. watch mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. It's to watch Sunday Football. It's to yeah, watch- that is interesting. I think like you, you bring up a really good point. I think that's like what most people that I know that have – cable have it for that reason most people i know don't have cable and they're the people that are watching movies on netflix and hulu and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so uh yeah alienating the sports fans is a bold move cotton let's see how it plays out for them well and the way i think it's working it it looks like dish is also getting real big there's the big trade there's a big merch i know i'm getting deep in the weeds here but there's a big t-mobile and uh sprint merger going on right now and they'll end up being one of the top uh cell phone providers and for them to do it, they had to cut off a lot with the FCC. So Dish Network bought like $9 million worth of it. So Dish Network's actually going to end up being the fifth largest cell phone provider after this wow. deal goes through. So they're basically putting their money into cell – they're saying cell phones are the way to go, which probably right. People are cutting the cord, but people are – everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're not cutting back on cell phones. So it, it kind of just looks like maybe this could be the start because cord cutting's also been huge – but this could be the start where Dish is kind of maybe getting out of the game. Maybe DirecTV realizes. And if a lot of these companies get out of there and start just doing, you're just going to pay for your different stream packages, you're going to go into, which we've discussed, now I'm paying X for ESPN, X for Hulu, X for Netflix, mm-hmm. X for HBO Go. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now I'm like, wait a minute, my bill is larger than it was when I was with DirecTV now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting, though, because uh, – uh, the, 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 the common logic I think has been for these cable companies that like streaming is just a, a fad and we just need to weather the storm. And so the timing here is interesting because they're doing this in the same time that Netflix just announced that for the first quarter ever, they've lost subscribers. Right. 
So cord cutting, I mean, if, if that's what's happening, if, if they weathered the storm, then like, this is a weird time to like say, yeah, whatever cord cutters already happened. We don't need to appease them at all. Well, I, I think what, what's going, I think what you're seeing is they are, people are cutting the cords at a wrap. Like actually I just went and turned in cause I moved houses and I'm in a place where I have a different provider. So I was going to go turn in my AT&T. And I went to FedEx to go turn it in. And the woman was like, I was like, do I get a tracking number or something to make sure like when they say, hey, we didn't get it or whatever, however it works. I just wanted to have my receipt. It's like, well, we can't actually give a tracking number because we send them a box of about eight to 10 receivers on a daily basis. And I was like, do what? She's like, wow. oh, you'd be shocked to see people are turning these in like by the boatload. We just put a box full of them. So we can't put a tracking number, but we put a receipt on there. And so, yes, people are cutting the cord. But also, this is like you said, the first time Netflix lost. They didn't. They missed their subscriber goal in the second quarter, losing. I think I read they lost 126,000 subscribers, which sounds like a lot. Netflix has a ton, so I bet they're still doing fine. But yeah, it's right on the heel, or right on where we're coming up, where Disney's about to come out with a, a streaming mm-hmm. service. Warner Bros is coming out with mm-hmm. one. Yeah, uh, there's some other one. I don't I, I don't think people are going away from streaming, but I think people are starting to choose which ones they value. You're you're kind of choosing now, okay, I value Netflix or I value Hulu or I value, yeah. you know, and it, it and we just assume Office will be off Netflix and I think cuz NBC is coming out with their own version of a streaming service where they yep. want their yeah. own show and it's going to get I think within a year or two we're going to get where like you're just gonna have to choose which shows you want to keep and lose. And that's why yeah. Netflix, I think came out with all this original content and they're trying to get yeah. on that side because all the people for so long, all these big companies like Disney and like even at one point 30 for thirties and all the Disney movies were on Netflix because yeah. those big companies thought, Oh, this little guy, they're trying to be cute with this yeah. streaming thing. It's yeah. like you said, it's a fad. And then they realized what the hell Netflix is dominating us. So yeah. now yeah. everyone's pulling their crap back. And staking their claims, and we're gonna get to it's gonna it's gonna come full circle. It's gonna go to where you can buy a bundle from someone, whether it be Directv or whatever, where it it does well instead of charging paying separately for all these, we'll give you Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Go with Showtime, all for X amount of dollars, you know, or something. It's gonna it always. The peninsula always. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that just makes me think because like we've said, I think before on this show and it's been said a lot that uh, we're kind of in the golden age of television and we really have been for like 10 ish years now. And I wonder if that's about to change because like part of the reason that I think like television has been so good is because you know that everybody's watching Breaking Bad and you know that everybody's watching Game of Thrones and you know that everybody's watching these things. So you can go talk to him about it. But if, if, if I have to, you know, I can't afford multiple streaming services, so I have to dig in. And if I just pick Hulu, then you're telling me, you know, like, oh, did you see Stranger Things? And I'm like, no, nah, I'd, I'd love to, yeah. but no, but, I haven't. Yeah. So um, we're going to stop talking as much about shows because we're going to be more divided as fandoms. Yeah, maybe, well, that's what's crazy. Know. So what it's, what's kind of interesting is the content is at an all-time high. You, I'm sure both of you right now have, four different shows that you are waiting to watch. Like you, Oh, I need yeah. to get to this one. or I need to get yeah. to this one. or I need to get to this one. Like everyone right. does the contents at an all time high because everyone wants to be the next, like you mentioned H uh, game of Thrones where yeah. everyone's talking about it. And I bet HBO got a ton of subscribers because people were just like, we got to go watch game of Thrones. We got, we don't want to yeah. be left out. And so well, the I mean, content did you see, so high. That, that reminds me just real quick to interrupt you. Uh, yeah. Did you see their marketing techniques during the last like three episodes of game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-uh. uh, they were just doing everything they could during every like, you know, before the show saying, hey, we got other stuff, too. We got other stuff, too. I know you just rent. You just 
You just signed up for three months. I understand that. But like in those three months, get addicted to one of these other shows. Please, please. dear God, please. Because yeah. <laughs> I bet they lost so many subscribers right after the season ended. Yeah, especially sure. when people were disappointed at the season two. Oh, yeah. Even more so. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Go on with what but, you're saying. Well, it, so my point was that like content's so high because everyone wants to be the next big show that Netflix even they, they were asked about the missing their goal in the previous quarter. Yeah. And they said their biggest competition is not they, they do fear like they do kind of they said they're wary of all the different companies getting ready to put out their own streaming platforms. But their biggest competition, they said, is sleep. It is people sleeping. They said they wow. were losing people because you can't fit all this content. And like they're putting out so many original shows. You can't keep up with it unless you're wow. not sleeping. Oh, my wow. God. I just. And it's so I true. Like it's in true. 50 though, years, it? we're going to look back at that and be like, oh, my God, what a wacky dystopia we lived in where people like companies were competing over our sleep schedules that's crazy well i mean think about it that's there's i know runner. there's been times where i'm laying down i'm like okay if i fit one more 45 minute yeah. episode in yeah. then i'll get six hours of sleep and then that exactly ends, and I'm like, right. maybe i can get five i can function yeah. on five you know yeah, yeah. I've, I've done four and a half before no big deal yeah, yeah no it, that's you say that and it's like so obvious like that's exactly how i feel but it's also like just in that context that's Wow, that's bad Netflix shit. versus sleep is the, yeah. the battle I didn't realize was happening, but it's yeah. so true. That's crazy. Wow. Well, but YouTube, like we've already known that there's so much content on YouTube that if you kept it going for an entire lifetime, you wouldn't reach well, I think, all of I the Well, I think uh, if content. you wanted to watch every YouTube video that got uploaded today, you'd have to spend the rest of your mm-hmm. life doing it, I think is is the fact. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and there's it's the same with po- – I mean, all these different things, whether it's podcasts, YouTube, Netflix, all these I have like things where – there's like a whole series of podcasts where I'm like, one day I'm going to get into this, but I have so many other right, that I've already become to loyal to yeah. that yeah. I don't know when I'll fit it in. And I try to like find time to fit it in. Yeah. And and so they really are. They're competing with, with sleep. And it just blew my mind. When I when I read that quote from the Netflix CEO, I thought, wow, he is dead on. Yeah, that is, that's that crazy. Right. I did see uh, while we're talking about uh, how addicting all this is and like how their goal is to get us, you know. Uh, we need just one more hit before we go to bed. I saw that I, I can't remember what state, but they're trying to introduce laws that uh, streaming sites can't have autoplay features um, to try to to curb the addiction because they're treating it like the same that they would treat a gambling addiction, yeah. which is yeah. well, not, wow. not unfair. One day, one day the commercial is going to be for like you're going to hear an ad for Netflix and it's going to see if you have an addiction call or hotline. And it's, yeah. it's, stop not, binging. it's not crazy. Yeah. I used to get more done and I was like a high schooler um, back when we had regular TV. Cause at least during commercial breaks, I would stand up and start doing something and maybe yeah. I would just maybe accidentally finish it before I got back. Yeah. But now, I mean, I, I lose, you know, multiple hours every day to just sitting in front of this screen that never stopped showing me what I wanted to show me. It's mm-hmm. funny you brought that up because I just recently took autoplay off my Netflix because yeah. Netflix has gotten so bad. Like, so I know they're going to autoplay the next show, but yeah. then they know, they know they have their algorithm. So they know kind of what I like. Yeah. And so I, I finally finished show. I've probably sat here three hours longer than I meant to because I thought, Oh, I'm almost done. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. And then as soon as it ended, like it gave me 10 seconds. And that when they see us trailer popped up, that new show that it's on Netflix about, the nineties. The and, and as soon as I watched that, that trailer came up, I was like, Oh God, now I'm interested in this. And then, <laughs> so the, the trailer ended and I kind of got up my room and I thought, that's a cool show. I might start watching. And I started picking up some stuff. And then the first episode started and I'm like, God dang. And then, I, then I realized I was sitting there 30 minutes into the first episode and I just turned off my TV. Cause I was like, yeah. they've already got me hooked to another yeah. show. It's yeah. literally addicting. 
It's yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. One day, I'm telling well, you, in fifty we years. We need to this start up. The, we need to start up the the uh, the addiction hotline for binging. One like hundred stop binging. And and I mean, and we'll, yeah. seriously, I, I might be the first customer. Um, <laughs> like, because it's a problem. It's a real problem. That's wild. Well, and people are already kids are spending way less time outside than they used to. Mm-hmm. Right, which is you know been happening <laughs> forever, well, but now we're more. at a point where it's like. Um, you know, I'm sound like an old fogey. I was about uh, to say, are we about to get in the back in my day? Yeah, we well, are. no, but, but it does feel like, it does feel like, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess there's both sides to it because truly like, uh, Hannah teaches kids. Right. And so they all want to play on their cell phones during break, but they also love to go play outside. So it's not like that side of being a kid has just disappeared because now you have Snapchat. Uh, um, right. Right. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious to see like, because I don't know. Their experience of the world is so much different than the one that like our parents had. And like, you know, we were somewhere in between these two worlds. Um, I don't know. It, this is all really interesting because I don't know. I, I don't think I would have thought about it if you wouldn't have framed it in the Netflix versus sleep uh, scape. Like, that's- yeah, I mean, as soon as I read that, I, it, it, I, it made me stop and go, wow, that is what they're I mean, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm debating on sleep or watching my next show like all the time. So, right. Yeah. It's wow. wild. Speaking of watching things on the Internet, though, LJ. You guys, we want to get into some music stuff, and I, I'm going to have to get you to say his name again, but the, the tiny desk that you had me watch, what, what yeah. was that? Because that was blew my mind. Jacob Collier. Uh, who, yeah. who is this guy? Well, so he's a musical genius, like an absolute- yeah, I would agree. i always seen 16 minutes of it or 19 minutes, but I agree. Um, there's Okay, so first off, uh, people, tiny desk concert, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes and in the what we're listening to page and all that stuff, um, of Jacob Collier. But what he is like, uh, there are a lot of videos of him on YouTube, uh, one of which is uh, Kevin, you you mentioned that you had seen that it exists about him explaining musical concepts to five different levels of musical intelligent people. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, really mind blowing to see him talk to Herbie Hancock about uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like uh, alternate melodies or something like that. And it was like so far above my pay grade in understanding anything. (laughs) Um, But it's okay, so it's like. You know, when you're talking to somebody that you really think is cool and like they, they got you excited because they're talking about things that are like over your level. It's kind of like when I talk to Hannah about movies where she's like, she'll throw stuff out there that I'll be like, I can get to, but like, I, I, I thought the same thing to. Hannah thought where he'll do is like, it's like when I talk to this, <laughs> this novice over here. This, yeah, this, no, this no, no, no. The other way around, the other way around. I'm talking about that feeling you get when like, you're, you're like, oh my God, this person is so smart, but like, they don't make me feel dumb. And yeah. It's like really exciting. And like that. You know, that's like the early stages of love is what that is. But uh, but like with him, I like listen to him talk and I just feel so stupid. Like, I feel like I've never understood a concept of music ever. He's got this yeah. one song where he uh, he he modulates. Uh, I think it's two and a quarter steps or something like that, which to uh, to explain what that is, is done mod- that down for me. So it's. Uh, in songs, there are key changes, right? You as a karaoke person have seen the, it says key change and then right, you sing right. it a little bit higher, right? So <laughs> right. he, um, he, he, uh, decided to add a key change to his music that he, he changed to a key that was completely out of tune, like literally right between two in tune keys. Um, and, uh, and he did it without you hearing him go out of tune, which is crazy. Um, and the way that he did it was by knowing enough about how our tuning system works to be able to manipulate the ratios between notes to to 
trick us into not hearing that he was making not complete differences. It's so, I mean, crazy. he's like on a, yeah, I mean, he's like a rocket scientist when it comes to music. Yeah, I mean, he really is. Yeah. yeah. He's a music theory genius. And so, and, and then, and then, so this tiny desk, you don't even have to know that. Like you don't have to care how smart he is because it's just bomb music. It's so cool. And we're talking how awesome he is and what she is, but that whole, that, that group together in the tiny desk concert was t- like, they were so good and so together and yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. 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 And I just uh, want to say for the listeners out there, before you watch the tiny or listen to the tiny desk, look at, like we said, look at the picture of him and kind of in your head, guess yeah. what you think he's going to sound right. like <laughs> and then hit play on yeah. it. And it's, yeah. gonna, it, it's not, it's, so it's not what you expect. It's, yeah. It's, it's not what so you expect. Cool. Well, even even so, his range is incredible. Just yeah. as a vocalist, he's just really talented. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Jacob Collier, we'll, we'll put it on there. It's super yeah. cool. And then some other music. I I don't know. Again, like I said, some stuff got cut out. I don't think we got to it last week. Correct. But you showed me another artist last week, and, and Chance the Rapper just came out with a new album. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second too. But Lizzo, right? Is that the name? Yeah, Lizzo. Yes. Yeah, Hannah oh and I've been all about Lizzo. Is it what is it? Cause I love you, or I. I, yeah. I, something about love and oh, yeah, that, yeah. Album, that album is so, yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, Truth Hurts. Well, I, I mean, she's got, great Tilly gotta be great. <laughs> she's got such a, like, she's got soul, but then like a little bit of a hip hop thing. I mean, it's just, it's cool, man. So I, she's got a really it. fun vibe. If you want to see, okay, so audience, uh, Tiny Desk is, uh, is the, the favorite way to listen to music in this show. I just, because she's got a, she just had a Tiny Desk come out. And by the time we upload this, It'll probably be on YouTube, so we'll make sure to share that too. And it is phenomenal. Where's, when's I, Tiny Desk going to start? You know, give us a little kickback for all this promotion we're giving. You know, <laughs> here's the deal about Tiny Desk though: is I really think like it's one of the coolest venues. It's one of the most sought after venues. Like artists are dying to play Tiny Desk. Well, that's you can how tell they when they get there, like names. they're just kind of like when they first start. You could tell on Jacob Collier, who's like, "Oh, it's just kind of cool being yeah. here in this yeah. room." Yeah. Oh, I would be just totally beside myself. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, and I think, so like just to talk about tiny desk a little bit, the, the coolest thing about it is the constraints that it forces on you. Uh, it's not, you know, you, you don't have a backing track there. You have a band there. You can't hide behind Mm -hmm. anything. And there are like maybe 25 people in that room watching you perform. So it is so intimate and tight. And so it's like, you get to see the artists at their truest, purest form. And it's just unbelievable to see. I mean, it's, well, and everything that you do is magnified yeah. in an intimate space yeah. like that. So. Just the the issues and the the things that you have to be forced to do to play behind that little bitty desk. Yeah. It, it really kind of changes. reminds me of, it's like you're getting an insight into when a band is just kind of in in their, in their the lab, as they say, like just yeah. jamming, kind of figuring stuff out where yeah. you're, you're in there. It's just them. It's just them and instruments and walls. Yeah. And there's not a studio. It's not something right. playing over. Right. Totally, their instruments. Yeah. yeah, it totally feels that way. And uh, but anyway, so Lizzo also did a tiny desk and it is uh, phenomenal. She is uh, she has nothing to hide behind. She busts out a flute at one point. Oh, um, she's amazing. Her voice is like I wouldn't even say that she is the best at finding pitch, but the soul in it is unbelievable. Like I didn't expect having listened to her for about a week and a half, two weeks now. I still didn't expect her to be this good on this tiny desk. Uh, yeah. 
It's oh my god, she's so good. And she's also really body positive and just positive, is, but yeah, very body positive. Well, but body and, positive, yeah. so it's really awesome. Um, yeah, she's she's got a great attitude too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she sounds like like the way she sings in some of her lyrics. She is as she's as comfortable in her skin as I want to be in mine, yeah. kind of thing. Like she yes. just seems yeah. well, and she has cool. this. Yeah. Uh, she has this. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the end of the tiny desk. She talks about how. Uh, if you can love her big old ass, then you can love yourself. Yeah. And uh, and it's like I, I you damn you're right. Like, you're like hell right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know. I speaking and I, now I want to see. I would love. I don't think he's had one. Maybe you can correct me, LJ. But I don't think Chance the Rapper's had a tiny desk. Has Not he? that I'm aware of. If he has, I could see him on one because he does some songs with choirs and stuff. I could see yeah. him like yeah. taking a choir and someone. Oh with, man, like, that would be lights. too much. Oh man. But his new album, I've been listening to it, and big fan. I will say, it seems pretty clear, and more power to him. I'm super happy. Some people have been kind of giving him crap for it, because it, just to be funny. But clearly, my man Chance has found him a woman, and he's pretty happy yeah. with him. Because about yeah. every okay. song... That, but that's that's the concept of this album. Yeah. The the concept of this album is the big day, right? It's, it's a, He's getting right, married. Yeah. yeah, it's about his so wedding day. it like starts with like... Um, him, you know, going through relationships and like meeting this girl. And then like by the end of the album, he's talking about walking down the aisle and how, uh, you know, he's only inviting people to their wedding that want to be, that are going to be in their marriage. And, uh, yeah, so that's what the album's about, you know, so give him crap all you want, but that means he nailed it. Well, yeah, like I I did see like a, a, a Twitter video where someone's like, Hey, here's a little snippet of Chance's new album. And, it was like a, a guy singing over one of the beats, just saying, I love my wife. I love my wife. Over and over again. And it is kind of I mean, funny, but yeah, it is crap, but that That's means right. he did what he did. And the yeah. album is yeah. so good. Like yeah. the way it's one of those, we've talked about this before where like nowadays you kind of play playlists and you shuffle around chance mm-hmm. did it once again, where you put the first one on and kind of go through the album and it does yeah. kind of tell the story of it. And, and I, it is, it's a long I just can't one like too. a guy. I don't think, I don't think I can like a guy more than I like chance the rapper. It's hard to, and love. then, and then there's so many bonuses on this album. I mean, they've got skits, which I know is one of your favorite things in all of hip hop. Oh yeah, love ever. it. Um, and then they've got, I mean, Hannah and I were uh, listening to, I think like the fifth song, and it's got the guy from Death Cap for Cutie, yeah, and uh, and Postal Service in it, which is like mm-hmm. that's baller. And then later in the album, he's got Randy Newman. Yep. I mean, like his features. I mean, yeah, you've got like Nicki Minaj and stuff like that, but you've also got Randy Newman. Who's got a feature with Randy Newman? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I did see, though, in the song Sun Come Down on the album, he did make a, a, a statement that he does not want, once he passes away, Chance does yeah. not want yeah. to be performing as a hologram ever. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. That and if funny. you use his image, you better ask his wife. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and that I think that might be my favorite song on the album, by the way. You think that so? That is such a good song, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, man. I learned the chords. Like, I just sat there. I, got, I pulled out my guitar after I heard it. <laughs> it was like, I got to figure out what these chords are. So I did. Those are, that's too, like, my, clearly what my, what I've been listening to, because I was driving on my way back on Sunday, and so I listened to Chance just because it came out over the weekend, and then Monday I was like, all right, I really need to check out what LJ was talking about, so those two have been nonstop, back to back, I can't get enough of them, and it's just awesome. Well, uh, anybody else got any more music you want to talk about, or... Or movies, uh, or shows, or... I did have a cool story, we we talked about... uh, I was going to that Third Eye Blind concert. And, right, Jimmy you know, World. We're, we're, we're big Third Eye Blind fans on this pod. I think we've made that pretty clear. Yes, and we have. once again, 
I stick by. Anytime Third Eye Blind is near you, you should probably go try yeah. and see them. Yep. They were so good, so awesome. And so the the we were there. We got there a little early. And the way we're at the the Walmart Amphitheater in Rogers, Arkansas, beautiful and theater. Yeah, very yeah. And we had lawn seats because we we almost weren't going to go. And then I realized I still had I, I was still going to be in town. So they had yeah. like twenty dollar tickets. So I was like, oh, I'll go sit in the lawn. I've actually never done it. And we were back yeah. in the back and kind of just chilling. We'd got a drink and. This person, this worker comes up to us out of nowhere and he goes, Hey, do y'all want to go down to the pit? What? And, and it was me and Jed sitting there and Jed was like, uh, I, yeah, what, what's the catch? Yeah. <laughs> and both of us were just like, yes, we do, but what's the catch? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Alex, who we had also went with, had just went to the bathroom and me and Jed, we, we asked him, we're like kind of really questions. Guy, like, what's, what's the deal? Like, why? Yes, we want to. What's the deal? And finally, the guy kept going, guys, no catch. We just have some extra wristbands for the pit. Y'all just look like y'all would enjoy them. So if y'all want them, let me know. And, and both of us are like, okay, wait till Alex comes back. As soon as she comes back, where do we need to go to get these wristbands? We're in. Yeah. And he's like, just go to this woman. You'll get some wristbands. So we walk over there. She gives us the wristbands, like the PlayStation wristbands or something, and got us sure. into the PlayStation pit. Sure. And we went down there. And since it was still early, Jimmy World hadn't actually started yet. Baller. And so since it was so early, we were right there at oh, the, man. The, the stage. For Third Eye Blind and Jimmy Eat World. And I will say, I only knew, I thought I only knew the middle from Jimmy Eat World. And that yeah. was the only one I really, really knew. But in general, they were great. And then, yeah. oh, Third Eye Blind just blew me away once yeah. again. They're, they're, and <laughs> he said at the concert, because there was a guy following around, they're doing, it looks like they're doing some kind of documentary. And he said they're doing some kind of documentary. Okay. It, I'm all in for that as yeah. well. So I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. You know, I, I was so close. It's possible I could be in the documentary. You might yeah. see, you might see us three just down there jamming. Yeah. I think, uh, the text message I got from you said, I might get sweat on. <laughs> yeah. It, and might was understanding. I did. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I was sweating too. Cause it was, it was hot and packed, but I yeah. think I got a little, I think I got a little sweat and the guy, the lead singer for Jimmy, well, I don't know if he's Jimmy or not. I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> He, he's a big, he's a big sweater. Yeah, he's a big sweater. There a big was a sweater. lot of sweat. I mean, that is a sweaty job too, though. I mean, you were, I mean, you're running around and yeah, those singing, guys are working. Takes any, a any musician, any man, man or woman who's a musician, they yeah. are working on that well, stage. Those yeah. lights, those lights are hot. Well, it was hot in general. Like I said, it was just hot in general yeah. being down there. And then they had yeah. those lights on them too. So I don't know. It's like performing in a, in a sauna, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. How it I, I don't perform as well. Like you said, I'm a karaoke guy. So usually yeah. it's an air conditioned. Air conditioned yeah, <laughs> venues. You only play air conditioned venues. And it's usually one song at a time, not a, yeah. not a whole set. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of concerts, L, you know, you know. Oh, the best I place know. to get a ticket. Oh, I know. I, I, yeah. I'm surely Hannah knows, right? Yeah. Hannah, you know where oh, to get a ticket at. Yeah, yeah. You gotta go over to SeatGeek. And right now, see what what SeatGeek does is they're making the ticket buying process just they're they're taking all the headache and confusion out of it. And if you go on there right now, like they, what they do is like, so you go look for a ticket, and they're gonna put a red dot on there for a bad deal. Like if you're gonna be way back in the back. Maybe they'll put a green dot on there if you have a deal that will upgrade you from lawn seats. Yeah, to you think that lawn like, had a had a green dot on it? Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe they knew. Maybe they just knew they were like, this one's a, an upgradable ticket. You should yeah. get it. But that yeah. that's what I'm saying. They, it's easy. They got the green for good seats, yellow for okay seats, and the red mm -hmm. for the ones you want to stay away from. And right now, if you put the promo code ACAA, you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. So hit up Boy. SeatGeek, put in the promo code ACAA. Get your first drinks on us. You might get promoted over to the pit. No telling. No telling. It's just, you know, it's easy. 
I tried to buy uh, some tickets through Ticketmaster uh, a couple weeks back, and boy, well, did yeah. I miss SeatGeek. Yeah, you know, I, never I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade at you know another place, but I, I just will. you know what you're getting when you I go will to SeatGeek. You know, AT and T, you know what you did. <laughs> you, you go in there, you see that green dot, and you make that purchase without feeling like, well, crap, did I just get yeah. bamboozled? You yeah. know, you don't have to worry about it. And so. twenty dollars off. Twenty dollars off. off. You God. just go over to SeatGeek. SeatGeek.com, put in the promo code ACAA, and, and and then don't worry. Take, take the worry out. Go, go watch the show. <laughs> but yeah, the concert was super fun. And, and then, so I went to Memphis later, and we didn't see a concert, but just since we're kind of telling some stories, I had the coolest Uber I think I've ever ridden in. Yeah, okay. We get in, this minivan picks us up, and you know how minivans often have the little screen that'll fold down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy had, in the middle of the two front seats, a Nintendo 64 hooked up and it was plugged into the screen and we played Super Smash Bros and we played uh, Mario Kart on the ride to the Uber and we get there it was like a 15 minute ride and we were like oh I don't know if I want to get out and the Uber driver was like well I mean if y'all want to keep riding around just put in another destination (laughs) well no we don't want to keep paying to play Mario Kart but it is pretty awesome so then I got his number he gave me his card and we got him, we were going to get him to pick us up. And then of course we, we enjoyed ourselves and I, I forgot to call him. We just did yeah, that regular right. Uber, but it was cool. I've never been in an Uber. I've been in some interesting Uber rides where like one had like a little disco ball and different stuff. Yeah. There's been that some was cool the cash Ubers. cab. Yeah. It, was, it looked like <laughs> it, but this guy pulled up in the van and it was so awesome. I don't know if he had kids or not, but he, I want to go on a road trip as a kid in that yeah. van and just yeah. play Mario Kart. Oh, I remember those days. Time destroying xbox discs uh-huh. it does it de- it reminded me of back in the day when we used to put that little travel tv in between yeah. the seats and have the oh, xbox man. and shout out to mom. that would get yeah that would get pretty <laughs> hot in mom's xterra and yeah. the nintendo worked a little better since it, it kind of yeah. travels better than an xbox does, yeah, it, does. It, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't break games and stuff oh man we're about to have to bust our n64 out we might have it to was great games, it was but. great though mm-hmm. he we wanted to switch and play uh super smash and and he was gonna plug it he's like well you gotta blow on the game first and i was like my man <laughs> my <laughs> man <laughs> simpler times before we tried all the different tricks and different things to try to get yeah. a game to work Do you i saw you tweet stuff? about the toothpaste <laughs> I, yeah like i, I was i said something to that to some friends earlier about that they were like we started going on different things we would try to get a game to work and it was yeah. toothpaste on a game someone Did said they used to that, flush Hannah? it in a toilet it was all you, kinds of things. You heard the toothpaste trick? Oh, yes. Okay, so do you know what my favorite try to fix a video game uh, And, and for anyone who doesn't quite get what we're saying, we're like when a game stops working or a disc stops working and has scratches and stuff, these are like, there's all different kinds of myths of how to fix it. But well, yeah, what, what, what's your favorite? I think the toothpaste actually worked temporarily it's- because it would, uh, uh, the problem with the scratches were that it would uh, would uh, mess up, the, it would distort the, the laser's reading patterns. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the toothpaste would fill in those scratches, so it would undistort it until the toothpaste wore away. Well, CDs, I think it actually worked. you can clean CDs with toothpaste, too. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Someone someone out there listening is like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. If they still <laughs> listen to CDs, then again, I don't know who's still listening to CDs. Well, that's, yeah, but, I just yeah. thought about that. I aged myself a yeah. little bit. But. Um, <laughs> uh, but my favorite way to fix a video game was... Uh, so the Red Ring of Death. Do you know about the Red Ring of Death, Hannah? Yes. Okay. So that was an Xbox 360 problem, listeners, that uh, the three of us all know far too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That for some reason your your Xbox would just brick on you and would be completely useless. 
And so my favorite fix to it, I remember Kevin wrapping, <laughs> wrapping his Xbox 360 up in towels and then putting it, I believe, in the oven <gasps> for a little bit. And then you know what? It popped out of the oven and worked. Oh my gosh, that actually worked? <laughs> yeah. There's so many different that. things on YouTube that would tell you to try. And I don't know if they were smart or not, but we, by God, we tried them. And yeah, we, well, we, like, were, we weren't going to go without playing Madden <gasps> 2000. For any there longer was, than we had to. There was something on, I don't know if you remember this, there was like, it might have been Andrew actually that did this, but there was this old, the first iPods, you know, those bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like it would quit working. And literally, I think it was either you or Andrew or something, Googled how to try to fix it. And it literally was like hit it against the wall or hit it against the floor. <laughs> yep. And and it we did it and it worked. It started yeah. working after. I don't know how I didn't break everything I owned by like people could have tricked me with the stupidest things on YouTube, like throw your Xbox as hard as you can on the ground and then run over it. And then the red rings of death are gone. Which yeah, they're gone, but so is your Xbox. <laughs> But the oven thing worked though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For a and little then bit. there was another one that if you didn't want to try the oven, you could plug it up. You wrap it in a towel and you plug it up, and because as you know, Xbox puts off heat. And I think the red rings yeah. of death had something to do with the heat and the ventilation. I'm not sure, but if you wrap it up and plug it in and turn it on, and said just leave it in the towel for 20 minutes. Yeah, <gasps> and just that, let it which, heat that itself. Which I, I know mom's listening to this, and she's like. They almost caught my house on fire. How many yeah. times did yeah, this probably crap? Too many. Oh my gosh! But, we'll... but it worked. I mean, it, yeah. here's the deal: is it would never, it would never fix the problem, but it would like let it work for another six hours or something like that. So, like, so then we could play Madden for another five hours in LJ yeah. until until I got mad and got threw down Broke something. LJ just yeah. laughed and, and and made fun of me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting an in depth look into our childhood here. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, uh, do we have anything else we want to add before we get out of here, guys? Do you want to talk about six? Um, I mean, if we have time for it, let's um, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, we went to see a show uh, in at Chicago, the Chicago Shakespeare Theater, um, and uh, it's a new musical. Well, I don't know how new it is, but uh, it's um, pretty new. It's it, pretty new. It uh, it's in it's been in London, but um, we're the first American showing. Uh, American tour here in Chicago. And um, so we're the second company to do it. Uh, And uh, so we went to see it and it's called Six and it's a musical about um, King Henry VIII, right? Yes. Yes. Henry VIII, um, he had six wives. Right. And it's about his six wives stories and it's all about them and how he affected their lives. Um, and so it's really cool. And the music in it is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, it's really well done. Uh, but yeah, but we saw that. I've been listening to that actually a lot. Yeah. That and Lizzo y'all know, is this the one, I think LJ was saying something about there was a play or, or musical y'all went where you had no, maybe he didn't have any idea what it was going to sound like or be like. And just, yeah, that's, is this, this what y'all were talking about? Yeah. This is what yes. we're talking about. Yeah. Hannah got tickets for her birthday. And we got to go see it. And it is just like, it's, I think it's an hour, 20 minutes. Yeah, it's short. And, uh, and it's like really great music. It's, I mean, it, it, I've heard people call it the next Hamilton and I think that might be an over-exaggeration, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's not. But maybe, but maybe. Terribly far it's, away from it. You I know? mean, it's really good. It's an all-female cast, obviously. And, um, usually, and it was an all-female band when we saw it too. Yes. All-female band too. Um, and it was small. So six, six cast members and. Three band members. Four. Four. So four four members, and one of them is the music director. Um, I mean, so 
it was a small, small cast, but it was amazing and simple and really cool. The uh, soundtrack, the London version is on Spotify. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, it's like, uh, there are some really heart, heartfelt songs. Like mm-hmm. what's that one song that you need to learn? It's called heart of stone, heart of stone. Beautiful uh-huh. song, beautiful song. And then you've also got songs like, uh, uh, Profile picture, is that what it's called? Uh, no, it's called uh, Get Down. Get Down. And so the <laughs> premise is it's about Anna of Cleves. Am I correct? Anna saying? of Cleves, yeah. Anna of Cleves, who uh, who allegedly did not look quite like her portrait uh, when she was supposed to marry Henry VIII. And so they got mm-hmm. a song about how she didn't look like a profile picture, but she's the king of the castle now. Well, she's the queen of the castle in her own castle. She yeah, had her because, own castle. Yeah, when they, uh, when they had their marriage mm-hmm. in old, she got a pretty big alimony out mm-hmm. of that. And uh, so she's talking about like how it, it, you know, oh, poor you, you didn't, uh, but you yeah, know, I'm, I'm the, the baddest right now. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all say like, uh, it's been lauded as the possibly the next Hamilton. So is it a new, is it a new play or? Yeah. I mean, uh, relatively speaking, at I least. think within the, like within the last couple years, yeah it was, it, okay. it opened in London, in which West is End, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Weston. Yeah. Um, which is the um, which was the original showing of it, the first ever opening, and that opened, I think, a year and a half ago, maybe sooner. Something like that. Though. Yeah. So they're still so. On, like so theoretically though. I mean, they're still going around. People could like some of our listeners, if if we could search them up. I mean, maybe there's a showing somewhere around. Well, so here's saying, the deal. Is they just, it sounds like y'all are saying if they're anywhere close to you. So by God, find a ticket. Yes, Here, go see it. Here's yeah. the deal about it. They uh they showed in Chicago for the last like I think two or three months. Yes. Um, they extended their run because it was so popular. But uh, and like oh, and you know we were in the audience and half of the audience knew every word to the songs, which is crazy to a yeah. show that I've never heard of and everybody's singing along with. Well, and actually, but, uh, I had known I had heard some of the songs yeah. before. I just didn't know it was from. That but uh, musical. but I did get a call. I got an email uh, a couple weeks back that they wanted to uh, change out some of the lighting instruments. Yeah. Um. So, you know, they were looking for electricians to help change out some of these lighting instruments so they could put all rentals in instead of Chicago Shakes actual gear. Because they were trying to get ready to tour and they didn't yeah. want to tour with the gear that lives in Chicago. Yeah, so they're so, so in the next few months they're gonna be Yeah, they're getting ready to take around. this around the country is what they're well, doing. Yeah. So definitely look go. out for it. Yeah. So yeah. it's called The Six or Six? Just six. S I X. Yep. Now now well uh, last time y'all told me to go listen to just a musical playlist was when y'all told me to just go listen to Hamilton's playlist and Yeah. It it was one of those I was like I, I was real skeptical because I thought I don't think like just like one, I'm not a big like musical guy, but then two, just the playlist, not actually getting to see it, you know, yeah. performance. I don't think I can get into this, and I was wrong. I yeah. was yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, it's so cool. now I have to get into it. I have to go ahead first. <laughs> well, and you'll be missing a little bit. They do. There is a little bit of talking and stuff, but I think you'll get the whole story if you listen. I mean, it's pretty clear yeah. what's going on in this show if you just listen. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Listen to it in order. It's really cool. Yeah, that would probably be a weird one to <laughs> shuffle through, probably. Since it- I mean, you'd actually still get the gist of it because... Um, yeah, they're really just going chronological, right? Yeah, so, well, they're going woman by woman or wife by wife. But so. in the, the years that they were actually with him. Yeah. Well, now I'm pumped. I, I would like to give as a, like a final what we're listening to. I had to cut it last week and... I really want to give a shout out to this podcast that's being made here in Chicago by a bunch of my friends and Hannah's friends. It's a really fun, creative, interesting podcast. It's called Meet Cute. Uh, it's done by, I mean, if you guys have, you know, if you were at my wedding, you met Robert. He's the- uh, Meet as in meet someone or meet yes. like you eat. Yeah. And so the premise of it is it's 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 meet like you meet somebody. 
And the premise of it is like uh, uh, these two podcasts are sharing the same name. Um, One's about romantic comedies and one's like about, you know, the dark bullshit in the world or something like that. And they realize like the first episode is about them trying to deal with the fact that they're uh, because they share a name, they're getting each other's ad reads. Um, And so, uh, you know, like the the one about romantic comedies is reading ad reads about like boner pills and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) Uh, but it's a really funny podcast written by some good friends of ours. Like I, it, in the audience, like give it a listen. Um, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. That's cool. But like, give it a shot. It's really fun. It's interesting. It's cute. So it's fun. Meet cute. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Real quick, before we get out of here, we meant, we were going to mention it earlier, and I do kind of want to end on a cool note. And we kind of started with football, so we'll end it full circle. There is a super Super cool story that LJ kind of put me onto about a guy. I think he's with the Browns training camp now. I'll yes, just give you. I'll Browns. just give it over to you. This is pretty neat. Yeah. So there's this guy named Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, um, and he. Uh, I I'll, I'll keep the story kind of short. We'll put the video that I shared with uh, Kevin and Hannah in our notes because it's the guy. This guy tells the story way better than I ever would, and he goes into it for like 15 minutes. But really, the story is this guy wanted to be a basketball player. And tried out and failed. Joined a JUCO track team. Got into a car wreck. Got kicked off. Tried out for a JUCO college football team and uh, and didn't get told that he was on the team. So he showed up anyway. Made he the team. He didn't get told yes or no, right? right. So he just he got showed told, up. He got told nothing, which means no. The no <laughs> yeah. call means no. But he showed up anyway and made the team because he happened to show up. And then goes his two years. Has an incredible career as a return man. And then maxes out a credit card trying to travel the country and try to get into an SEC or Big 12 school. And none of them will take him. He fails that. So then he tries to go to the NFL. None of them will even watch his tape. So then he tries to go to the Canadian Football League. Fails. Tries to go to the Arena Football League. Fails. Like this dude failed more times than I've like even tried to do things, I think. And uh, he ends up in a flag football game. Uh, and he's talking to a friend and he finds out about this, uh, this training camp, uh, tryout for the Browns in Miami and goes to that sneaks in by pretending he knows somebody that he doesn't ends up talking he was to pretending the guy. He knows like Alonzo Highsmith, right? Yeah, like, it's the, like they're scouting their somebody VP of player personnel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big deal on the Browns staff. He pretended he knew him, got led into the, the tryout anyway, Ends up talking to the guy. The guy invites him to the tryout in Cleveland. And so while he's in Cleveland, and this is, again, after he has maxed out a credit card, failing every step of the way and uh, and and coming back and fighting for more, he can't afford anything in Cleveland. So he ends up sleeping on park benches in 24-hour fitnesses and uh, having, like, nothing to eat. Shows up to the Browns tryout, makes the team, and now he's, you know, fighting for that fourth receiver slot in training camp. So... He's that guy that I'm looking for. If he can make it, then you can do anything. Like there, well, there's I mean, nothing sounds, I can't do. That sounds like a movie of something made up. Like that yeah. sounds like yeah. it's it's too too much that yeah. it can't be true. And I think I was reading, or might have been on that video, or maybe when I was reading a little more about him. He went to that Browns camp and ran a four three eight at the tryout. Right. And you're telling me. This guy wouldn't try it out for SEC schools, and the and the the Razorbacks didn't go. Oh, four three eight. We could that could be useful. They wouldn't you know? even talk to him. He, uh, my understanding is he was in Fayetteville, and they wouldn't even talk to him. Like he went to all of the cities that these SEC schools are in, and nobody uh, would even watch his tape. I love the story uh. where 
I love the part where the the school didn't tell him yes, they didn't tell him no, which means yeah, no, but he was right. like, well, <laughs> well, I didn't get a told no, so I'm just going right. to show up and see what happens. Yeah. Oh man, what heart, man. If like and that I think that's the thing is like cuz he's also he's he's insanely fast, um but he's also he's not huge by any stretch. I mean, he's I think he's my height, which is not NFL height, especially not NFL receiver height. Um, and he's still killing it right now. And it's just because he kept pushing, like, don't stop pushing. Just don't stop pushing. I mean, yeah. it, it's so cool. And now I'm obviously we're all rooting for the guy now. And yeah. it'd be so cool if we could make a team. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens with this. Well, it's pretty the, neat. The neat thing is they ended that video with no matter what happens here. Uh, he went from homeless in, in Cleveland, uh, for a week to now he's got a four month contract. No matter what happens, he's got yeah, a roof over his head. He's got food. Even if this doesn't work out, if this doesn't work out with the Browns, are we really going to assume that he's finally just going to go, yeah. okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Why we I find guess. a way to get on the Lakers and be <laughs> right. with LeBron for a year? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He'll be playing baseball in a couple of months. If he's yeah. on the Browns for the regular season. Well, and either this way, people, Clinton. people know his name now. Yeah. Well, and yeah, well, and like we said, the movie will get made now. I mean, he's, yeah. there's something, I mean, you know, even if he doesn't make the Browns, the story is worth telling. Like this is yeah. this is uh, mm-hmm. this is a hell of a story. And and also he is picking a tough team to try to, you know, get. I mean, I know he didn't have yeah. a lot of choice in this, but like their receivers are pretty deep in Cleveland. So he's fighting hard for that last spot and uh, more power to him. And I really hope he makes it and has a breakout year. That'd be so cool. Yeah, and I'm just like I said, I'm just gonna put my money on even if this Browns thing doesn't work out right now. I'm not sh- there. It's not He's over. Not gonna yet. Disappear. This dude's yeah. not quitting easily. Right. Clearly, so right. well. And and at a four three eight, and he was the best return man in all of JUCO sports for the two years that he played. I mean, he's gonna the Broncos need a return man. You know, he's gonna find a spot. Somebody's gonna be able to take a shot at a cheapo minimum contract on him, so he can catch a ball and try to run it on a punt. You know, like yeah. It's too good of a story for somebody not to give him a shot, and he's not going to give up. So, super cool, super yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that will wrap up another episode of the Just Press Play Pod. I know, like we said, Pops is out there doing. I don't know what Dad's doing now, but I think he might be actually in the concert. Where do you, we'll get. Where him. do you think he got his tickets? Oh well, you already know he got him at SeatGeek. Put in the promo <laughs> code did. ACAA. ACAA, of course. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> He's probably drinking his beer on the pod, like it's on the free. pod, he, yeah. which I guess he's paying for it, kind of. Right, yeah, in, in a, a sense, because he is the producer here. We don't pay yeah, for anything was, on this show. I was about to say, <laughs> we're it's on us, but he's he's part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, that beer he's drinking is on us three. It's on yeah. me, you, and Hannah. That's right, we got this for you, Pops. <laughs> enjoy. Please enjoy. We do miss you, by the way. We do. We Like we said, it's always fun to have Hannah on, but we will. We'll be, we will love to have you back, Pops. I'm sure there's no telling what kind of – he's been out there with Joe D. Yeah, he's in, been in Colorado, listening to Oh, all, God. All them. <laughs> there's no telling oh, what Lord. we'll get from pops next we'll week, have some but, stories uh, there's no doubt yeah so that'll do for another episode by the way of course you can catch us on you can find us on facebook or twitter just put in just press play and you'll and you'll find us we're available wherever you get your pods obviously and then what we got a website justpressplaypod.com. you can see us on our on the show notes where we put up well like we'll put up this brown the the, the story of the browns player We'll put up some tiny desk concerts, and this week you got you got some doozies you need to watch. Yep. Clearly, yep. And anything else, and of course we always want to hear from you if you got any comments from what we've talked about or said, or any ideas for anything to talk about in the future. We're always open ears. Yep. And I think, guys, I think that'll wrap it up. I think that does it for another week. So, all right. Peace we out. We will catch you guys on the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. <laughs>
so I'm gonna probably have some leftover taco fixings. Homemade taco Tuesday? Oh yes. yeah, dude. Oh, there we go. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I made the best guac. Yes, she ever. did. Holy cow. I was actually just over this weekend. I was talking to the people we're staying with, Ryan's uh, brother and sister. Well, sister-in-law, sister and brother-in-law. We're talking about guac because he makes homemade. He wasn't able to make any at the time. Yeah. I was asking about homemade guac. He's like, oh man, I love it. If you go to the store and you get the right, uh, right uh, avocado, okay. like ready to go. Yeah. And then he was, because I've never actually made. I've seen it's always better if you yeah, it is homemade. Yes, so much better. Do you make? I don't it, know how to make it, but Hannah kills it. Do you make it like a food processor, Hannah, or do you just stir up? If you get the right ones, can you just stir it all up? I hand mash always with a with a fork, right? Yeah. You like well, cut it up yeah. into pieces. And then-